0: Hey, good morning, everybody. How are we doing? All right. We're coming off of um, Harvest Blast yesterday. Quick show of hands, who made it to Harvest Blast yesterday? Yes, that was an awesome time. I don't know if, I forget, I don't know if Todd shared the number or not, but we had, um, thanks, Byron, like over a thousand kids came through yesterday plus all their, um, you know, their companion adults who tagged along with them, uh, which is just like a huge blessing. I was excited to see so many people yesterday, so. um. Now, uh, this might sound a little bit weird, but um, Halloween, in my mind, growing up, was sort of this, like, aspirational holiday, and um, I'm actually not a big Halloween fan, but here's what I mean by that is that uh, I felt like, When you're a kid, right? there's all kinds of things like you wanna be when you grow up or you wanna do someday. I felt like Halloween was the chance that you actually got to dress up like that thing and pretend you were that thing for the day. So I got a picture of me, I don't know how old I am in this picture, like five or six or something like that. This is me as a firefighter. Um, I got my little hatchet there. I think the ends made out of like aluminum foil. I'm like ready to break down the door, rescue the kids and the puppies, um, whatever it is. Um, but that was like my aspiration at the time, right? I wanted to be a firefighter. Um, now my cousin in the picture, I can't speak to his aspirations, but, um, I can tell you he turned out fine. He's, um, well adjusted, great guy that I love a ton. Um, but for whatever reason, I felt like as a kid, um, you get asked so much, like, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? Right? Like when, when you grow up, what are you going to do? And I felt like so much of life was pointed towards that question. Um, but there was very little conversation about like who I was as a person, right? Like who am I? What are the, the kind of core things that are true about me? And so today um, I want us to talk about two, two words. I want to start this conversation for us. Um, and our two words that we have here today, let's see. We got identity, right? This question of like who we are. And then we got this other word here, right? Mission, what we do, right? So again, identity, who we are, like core things that are true about us, and then mission, what we do. And it's so important, so important. We're gonna talk about this more, but so important to get these things in the right order, right? That we understand our identity and who we are, And that from that flows our mission, right? But I want to start, I want to lay like a little groundwork for us here for a minute. Um, And I think most of us in this room are probably on the same page about this, but um, just for the sake of making sure we're on the same page here, um, God is going to be the one who defines these two words, right? God is going to be the one who sets our identity and sets our mission, And so I just want to walk you through um, a few basic truths here, Um, and I just want to warn you, I don't have like one passage we're working out of. I'm going to take you all over the place, but don't worry, I'll have it on the screens, take notes, whatever you need to do. But first thing, first and foremost, and hopefully this isn't a surprise to you, but God created you, right? God created you. If you think all the way back to Genesis 1 and 2, we see that in the very beginning of creation, right? This is day six, after God's created the whole uh, world and everything in it, he creates humanity. And humanity is designed to be in perfect relationship with him, right? Perfect relationship with him. Everything is good when they're with God. Everything is, um, like, they're just designed for relationship with him, with their creator, Right, So super basic, super foundational, but you were created by God. Now in Psalm 139, uh, it kind of recaps this truth and expands on it. This is out of Psalm 139, starting in verse 13. It says, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven into the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance, and in your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. Right, so think about this, right? God, like, you're created by God. That's what he's unpacking there in uh, the beginning of 13 and 14 but that God actually knows every single thing about you, right? All of Psalm 139 is like unpacking that reality, but God knows before your body was even formed, right? However long ago that was, God knew what you'd be thinking and doing and saying today, right? Before you were ever formed, God knew what you were going to say at 7.41 p.m. tomorrow. He knows the words that are going to come out of your mouth. Now, if you like think about that truth and you like really let that sit with you, um, I work a lot with our middle schoolers and high schoolers here. And so when teenagers start to think about this idea that God knows every single thing about you, there's this certain like, oh, no right? Like, wait a minute, you're telling me God knows everything, that God sees everything, that he hears everything, the things that I think I'm hiding, God sees very plainly. Well, yeah, right? God created us. He knows everything about us. But here's one of the things is um, just a little while ago, I was talking about this with our middle schoolers and, um, you know, middle school and uh, high school too, but really formative time where you're trying to figure out who am I? And there's so many things in life you don't understand. And, What's interesting is when you study this idea that God knows everything, right? I always felt like, okay, like every, everything that I know about myself, God knows about myself. Like I, I know what I said yesterday or like, I, you know. But what's really interesting to me is God knows things about us that we don't even know about ourselves, right? God understands us and sees us at a deeper level. And so if you're someone who's ever been like, God, why, like, why am I the way that I am? Or God, why have you got me here? Or why why are these the things that I struggle with? Those are actually questions to bring to God, right? Because God is the one who knows everything about you. And as much as, um, again, as scary as that truth is sometimes, right, that the things that we even try to hide are not hidden from God. Let me read for you out of Romans 5, 8. It says, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Right? So think about that. That means that at our worst, right, God has seen everything that we wish he didn't see. And that he loved us. And that Christ died for us. Right? We live so much of our lives trying to like, create this version of ourselves that we think is like, acceptable to others and you will know, we'll, we'll make them like us. What God's saying here is that we, we didn't clean ourselves up and get our act together and then God goes, oh yeah, I, I think, you know what? Come on in. Come into the family. No, it says when we were at our worst, God saw us and loved us and Jesus died in our place. Right, so God saw our sin and knew we needed a savior. And so these are like foundational truths that we're gonna build the rest of the morning on. Right, so think about this, right? If, If we were created by God, if God knows every single thing about us, and if God saw our sin and Jesus died in our place, then God gets to be the one who says who we are. Right? He's the one who gets to define our identity, and he's the one who gets to set us on mission. So I actually have um, a few friends in the room that I want to invite up on the stage for this next part. Um, just help us kind of like get into this mindset of identity a little bit. Um, so I've got um, Derek, Colton, and Louisa here. You can give them a hand as they make their way um, up here. Um, Okay, uh, yeah, Louisa, can you make sure everyone's got one of those? Okay, cool. So um, real quick, just by way of introduction, I've got Louisa over here. Louisa is um, one of our middle schoolers, and she um, just, you probably already know that. Yeah, okay. Louisa, got some Louisa fans in the room. Um, Just by nature of her life stage, she spends a ton of time at school. Uh, My next friend here, Derek Brown, he serves with us in middle school ministry. Um, Super thankful for him. Uh, Derek, again, just by nature of life circumstance, spends a ton of his time at work. Uh, And then I got my friend Colton here. Colton, also one of our middle schoolers. uh, and Colton is a magnificent soccer player. Um, and so these three agreed to just kind of awkwardly have to stand up here for a little while while I talk about them. Um, but, but here's where we're going with this, right? So we've got these boxes of like identity and mission. And first I want to start with a, a warning, right? Or maybe, maybe our, our initial temptation. So I think what happens without us even realizing it a lot of times is we, we mix these up. Right. So we we essentially say, hey, you've you've got a mission, right? Louisa, you've got to go to school. Derek, man, you got to work. And Colton, man, you're you know what? You're a good soccer player. We're going to throw you in there. And so we, we just set them off on mission. And I don't know, kind of hope that they figure out this identity piece later. Right. But here's here's what happens with this. Right, we got Louisa at school, we throw her into school and we say, you know, okay, you got it. Right, and so all of a sudden Louisa's just, okay, I got to navigate. How do, how do I succeed on this mission? Right, okay, well, I, I probably got to, it seems like good grades are important. Right, that seems like something that's valuable around here. Right, okay, I, um, I got to stay out of trouble. Um, and, and there's like a social hierarchy here that I got to try to navigate. Right, and so all of a sudden we set Louisa off on this mission and all of a sudden, her identity gets all tied up in whether or not she can navigate that whole thing, right? Good grades, life's up here, right? Grades all of a sudden aren't so good, it's down here, right? We got Derek here at work, right? And um, we just set him off on mission. We say, okay, man, work, that's, like, that's what adults do, so get to it. Okay, well, like, you know, okay, I guess, you know what? You know, money, that's nice, that does things for me. Okay, so I gotta earn as much money as I can, Right. And, and there's like some prestige and status depending on the, the position. And so I got to navigate my way up the ladder here. And then really, I want to get to this point where I can retire and I'm just so rich that I can spend my time doing whatever I want to and I can just check out right? Similarly for Colton, right? Maybe it's this idea of, okay, you know, it's, it's sports, like you win, right? You want to win at sports, right? You want to be the best player. You want to you go from not just playing in middle school, but playing in high school, playing in college, having us ship you over to Europe, right? Where the leagues are like serious, right? And so all of a sudden, say, okay, you know, Colton, go for it, man. And then identity gets all wrapped up in whether or not he can accomplish the mission. But, remember, if God's going to define these things for us, we've got to start with identity, right? We start with identity, we start with who we are, and we work our way into mission. So here's, uh, here's how we're about to do this next part here. We are going to walk through eight truths, eight things that God says about um, followers of Jesus, Right, eight things that are true of you if you are a follower of Jesus. And um, we're gonna have two things going on at the same time. So as I walk through these, I'm gonna invite you to just simply repeat after me, right? Because these are core things that are true about you Again, if you're a follower of Jesus, there are core things that are true about you that you just need to be reminded of. Um, And then just as like by way of uh, visual reminder, uh, these three are going to be putting some of these labels on themselves, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. So um, are you guys ready for this activity together? Okay, I believe in you. All right, so first... Our first truth is, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Go for it. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Yes, this is out of Psalm 139, 14. Like we read this verse, right? I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Right, so you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are not an accident Right. You are not here just like, you know, I don't know, like the world just brought you about somehow. Right. No, God made you wonderfully. Next up, I am loved. I am loved. OK, we're getting there. John three sixteen. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. This is even, this is like paralleling to the Romans 5 8, right? Where, Where God, again, he didn't expect us to get our act cleaned up and we're somehow presentable enough and then accepted by God. No, it's that God actually loved us so much that even when we were messed up and broken, Jesus died in our place. You are loved. Our third one here, I am forgiven. I am forgiven. Is that a Romans 8.1? It says, there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Right? Jesus is, um, you know, not sitting off somewhere distant, watching the times you mess up and you go, oh God, I messed up again. Forgive me. And he's just like brushing it under the rug for that day, right, where something else comes up and he says, oh no, now you've reached the limit. Here's the last five things you did. No. In Jesus, there's now no condemnation. There's no no holding back. There's forgiveness. Next up, I am righteous. Go for it. I am righteous. 2 Corinthians 5:21, right? For our sake he made him to be sin, Jesus who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Right? What happened on the cross was that we were sinful and broken. Jesus was sinless and holy. And now in God's eyes, we switched spots. And we now have the righteousness of Christ. Right, we we are righteous, holy. God does not see you as sinful and broken; He sees you as righteous. All right, second half here, the final four. I believe in you. We're gonna finish strong here. Uh, I, am his child. I am His child. Perfect, John one twelve. But to all who did receive Him, who believe in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. For those who are followers of Jesus, you're not an outsider. You're not some distant person. You're adopted in. You're brought into the family. You're a child of God, right? There is no greater father than God himself. I am a new creation. I am, there it is. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Right? There's this thing that happens right when we're in Christ, when we follow Jesus, where our old life and our sin, um, we're leaving behind and we're stepping in to new life with God. It doesn't mean that everything's perfect. Right? It doesn't mean that we don't still struggle, that we don't still fall sometimes but it means that we walk day by day with God. We are new creations. Our final two here, I am blessed. blessed. Ephesians 1, 3, right? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Right, so uh, maybe it feels a little weird to sit in a room of everybody and go, I am blessed, right? Because our minds instantly go to like the money and the cars and the houses and the promotion and like, you know, all the things that a lot of times I think we associate with like the health and wealth sort of gospel, right? But here's the truth of it is that we are blessed even when we don't get those things because we're blessed with every spiritual blessing, That means you have everything you need for a perfect relationship with God, right? You have everything you need to walk day by day in step with the spirit, right? Everything that you need for relationship with God has been provided for you through Jesus Christ. Now, our last one, I am never alone. Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Right? There is nothing that can separate us from God. Right? Go, uh, Romans 8, 38, and 39, right? Read that verse again and go ahead and find something that doesn't fit into that list, right? The the reality is that nothing can separate us from God. Okay, now I I don't want to make these guys stand up here too much longer, right? But I I want you to, to look at them for a minute because imagine the difference when you step into each of these three areas and you understand your identity, right? You, you come from a place of understanding, okay, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm loved. I'm forgiven. I'm righteous. I'm his child. I'm a new creation. I'm blessed. I'm never alone. It completely changes what you step into next. Okay, so I'm going to let you guys off the hook here. Thank you for being up here. Give them one more round of applause. Thank you guys. Um, but parents in the room, parents in the room, grandparents, aunts, uncles. If you know a kid, I want you, um, let me get that slide back up there. I want you to like, take a picture of this. I don't know if you took notes the whole time, but this is your primary work. I believe with your kids, any young people in your life, right? I'm fine. If you ask them what they want to do, right? That's allowed. But I want you to focus time and energy and attention towards who they are. And this is the kind of thing that if we can begin to root our kids in, if we can begin to root the young people in our church in, it is going to drastically change what comes next. Okay, so if we've got identity down, right? Remember, if we're in Christ, if we're followers of Jesus, um, God is the one who's going to say who we are, We've got this second box, mission, right? What we do. So as I, um, and as I look through the scriptures, as um, I think plenty of wise people have looked through the scriptures to see, just like, okay, God, what, what have you designed us for? What do you call us to? Here, here's the simplest way I can um, give it to you. The mission God has put us on is to glorify him. The mission God has put us on is to glorify God. The simplest way I can put this is it's like it's putting God on display, right? It's letting other people see God's goodness. It's living your life in a way that shows people that you love God, right? That you love the way he designed you, that you love the way he calls you to live, right? That life with Jesus is good and full and awesome, Right, That you actually, you, you're living your life differently because of this God that you serve. So I got two, two ways that we can glorify God as a, a congregation, as kids, as adults. First, we can glorify God in normal, everyday life. I right? mean, glorify God in everyday life. Colossians 3.23, it says, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. 1 Corinthians ten thirty one. 31, um, Paul, the context here, Paul's kind of sorting out, um, they were trying to sort out, should I eat and drink this food that was sacrificed to false gods? And um, Paul's kind of working them through it, but he ends in this spot, he says, "Well, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Right. So th- there are just like the everyday normal things in life. There are ways you can do those things that bring glory to God, that put him on display. Right. So, uh, again, maybe this is Louisa at school. Right. She, you know, um, parents, everyone in the room, adults, don't worry. Like getting gr- good grades is important. Right. That's the, that's we're going to keep that a main thing here. But when you understand who you are, you understand that identity piece, well, I'm not getting good grades because I need to get good grades. I'm going, okay, here's who I am. These are the things God says about me. This is what's true about me. This is who I am. And this is the thing God's put in front of me. So I'm gonna step into it and I'm gonna work hard at it to glorify God and bring Him praise and honor, right? In the, in the relational hierarchy at school, right? I, if I start from a place of understanding, I'm loved and accepted, right? God has already paid the price for me. I don't have anything to prove to anybody. Then all of a sudden, when I, when I walk up to the lunch table, I can actually pass that on to somebody else. I can be on the lookout for somebody who feels alone? Who feels rejected? And I can go show them the acceptance that's been shown to me. Right? We think about uh, Derek at work, right? Um, I, I haven't followed Derek around at work, but I assume Derek does pretty good work. That's that's a good thing. Right, to glorify God in your work, I mean, in one way just means like do work so good that people would look at it and go, oh my gosh, there is a God. Right? Some of you work at places where like, I'm sure you look around and you go, the standards are low around here. Right? Do work that shows people that you serve someone greater, right? that you serve a God who you, you love and want to do good work for. Right? Maybe it's um, you know in a good way. and a lot of people in work, right? Hungry for more responsibility. I think that's a good God-given thing, right? But going, okay, I'm shouldering more responsibility. How do I lead in a godly way? How do I care for the people around me or under me, right? In whatever influence I have, how do I make where I work just a little glimpse of the kingdom of God? Right? How do I show people what the kingdom of God looks like? Right? And when it comes to, when it comes to retirement, right, it's not just how do I pile up the money so I can do whatever I want. Right? We want to care for people in their old age, but it's going, okay, I'm retired. Now I, I actually have some extra money. I have some extra time. God, what's the next mission you're putting me on? How can I use my time and energy and the wealth of knowledge and skills that I have to glorify and honor you? Right for Colton in soccer, right? Sports is like a harder one for me because the point is to win, right? We're not, we're not getting around that at all, right? The point is to win, but if our identity gets so um, wrapped up in that, right? It's dangerous. So how do you step into sports going, okay, God, this is who I am, right? I'm secure in you and I want to win, but not for my own self-glorification, right? Because I want to put you on display. I want to use the gifts that you've given me to honor and glorify you, right? It's going to change the way that you treat people on and off the field, right? And it's going to change the way you enter the game of, yes, we're going to be excellent. Yes, we're going to practice hard. Yes, we're going to train and yes, we want to win but not for my platform, not for my glory and praise, right? For God. Okay, I got one more way we can step into God's mission, or we can uh, glorify God, and it's by um, joining God's mission. Right, joining God's mission. I'm assuming many of you have heard Matthew 28 before. It says, Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. All right, so if you think about this for a moment, like God could do all of this on his own, right? God could, you know, I don't know, like, do some kind of reverse Thanos snap and like, boom, everybody would be like saved. It could be like, like if God wanted to, that could have been the way he did it. But what God does is he invites us into his mission, right? He uses you and me and like our church and, you know, believers everywhere and says, I'm going to use you to be the people who take my word from this place, right, and take it back to your jobs, take it back to your homes, take it back to your schools, and you're gonna be the ones who share my message. You're gonna be the ones who see people baptized because they're coming to believe in him right? You're going to be the ones to step in and, you know, teach people to obey everything God commanded. And you said, I don't know how to teach anything. That's okay. You know something, right? You, you know something. And so it's passing that on to someone else and stepping into what God's invited us into. And this has both a, a local expression, right? Again, in your homes and your workplaces and your schools, wherever you spend your time. But I'm, I'm so thankful it has a global expression as well. Right here at the chapel, we've been about global work for a long, long time. And what I'm excited about today is that we have our um, friends from Cambodia here to share with us some of the work they're doing. But, real quick, here's what I love about this. And, um, Todd, I don't want to steal too much of your thunder, right? But um, Asia's Hope is doing work with kids where they they rescue kids who are in a terrible situation and what they do is they root them in identity, right? Who they are, right? It, It takes time. It takes years, right? Sometimes it takes a lifetime. But these kids, right, who understand who they are, who God created them to be as they grow up, Asia's Hope is then unleashing them on mission, right? Inviting them to step into the work that God has for them. And so, Todd, I want to invite you and Savorn up here and get you guys some time to share about what God's doing in
1: Cambodia. Yeah, thank you, Nate. Yes, it is truly an amazing work. And yes, we have Savorn O here with us. I, I know it's one of Asia's Hope's mission to empower um, the local and the native people of Cambodia to be risen up as leaders to do the work of this disciple-making. And uh, we have gotten behind Savorn, and Asia's Hope has raised up Savorn and his wife Sony, who is here with us, to do this work in helping not only to rescue these vulnerable and orphaned children in Cambodia, but also to help them to become followers of Jesus. So Thank you for that work of what God has done in you, and then now what you are doing there in Cambodia. So we're just so excited to have you here with us. Would you, um, would you tell us just a little bit, give us a little bit of background of where these kids are coming from that you are able to rescue in Cambodia?
2: Uh, good morning, everyone. I'm someone from Cambodia. Uh, in Cambodia, We made known Asia Hope in Cambodia to other people at the village, government officials, other NGO, that Asia Hope helping rescue vulnerable and often children. And in the time that uh, they saw the need of the children needed to be rescued, they always call us. So they are from remote villages. They are from the jungle, and they are from street children, and they are from the border, Thailand border. Mm -hmm. And this kid, uh, we rescue three kinds of kid in Cambodia. First kind of kid is double orphans, uh, no parents. Mm -hmm. And the second, like half of of orphan. Mm -hmm. And the third kind of children is abandoned by their own parents, and they are little. So, their parents die because of uh, disease in Cambodia, like we have HIV and we have uh, health, poor health care in Cambodia. And most people, they're living at a remote village. When they get sick, they have to take a trip to the city. And sometimes they don't have transport, you know, so the, along the way they die. And they die because of. Uh, Accident and uh, some of them, because their life is hopeless, their parents die because suicide, and some die because of landmine. And some of them are their parents in the, the prison, they kill other people, and they stole something from other people, or they rob uh, because. They are so much empty. They need something to eat, so they parent in the jail, and this uh, the background of the children that Asia Hope in Cambodia help helping rescue right now.
1: And I, I know a lot of these kids then are when they have when they're out on the streets, they are at high risk of exploitation, that people can use them for their own gain of, of economic exploitation, sexual exploitation, um, but grateful for Asia's Hope that are meeting the kids where they're at. And I know that, um, you know, I've, I've understood that Asia Hope has such a reputation now in the community um, that... The, you know, the social affairs and the, uh, the city officials are coming to you when they find these children um, that are abandoned, and then you are able to take them in and, uh, again, not only help with physical needs, but then to help with their spiritual needs as well. Could you tell me, how do Asia's Hope um, care for the children? What's the, um, the things that Asia Hope does to help these kids really grow up to having hope?
2: Asia Hope in Cambodia, we providing uh, family-style and uh, residential care uh, to the orphan children at high risk of uh, sexual and economic exploitation. And we providing a real home for the orphan, uh, warm clothes, uh, nutritious food, effective uh, parenting for the orphan in Cambodia. We right now we have we have rescued uh, 476 oh, orphan God. children already, praise and 100 uh, 104 of them they are studying at university right oh, now. 78 of them already graduated from university, awesome. so they working in the in the government. To, uh, they are government official. Yeah. They are. Uh, company manager, they are school teacher, yeah. and they are, of sure, we will become lawyer, you know, wow. lawyer in Cambodia. Yes. So they are from the hopeless to have hope in, yes. in God. Amen. So their life is not the same. Yeah. Their life is totally different. Wow,
1: wow, wow. And and I know that Asia's Hope, they also not only providing, is it 19 homes right in Cambodia uh, with around 20 to 24 children in each of those homes and they have a new, they have a home parent and they have other maybe staff workers that are caring for those children, but you also have a school. I know in the Prekang campus and also a school in Bong, Asia's Hope School that uh, helps. How is the school making an impact in the lives of the children?
2: Uh, before I answer about the school, uh, in each home of Asia Hope uh, depend on uh, the sponsoring churches or family. So some home we have 15 children, some home 20 or 22, uh. depend on. And each home we have four caretakers, okay. two parents mm-hmm. and one caretaker and one cook. So, they take care of the children, the orphan children, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you know, 30 right. days a month. <laughs> and uh, they take care of orphan children as their own biological children. Right. So, uh, on each campus, we have school. The reason that we open school because school around in the community is uh, poor, poor schooling, you know. Mm-hmm. So, our school, we send all Asia Hope rescue orphan children to our school, and we also allow other poor children in the community to come and study at our school. Mm-hmm. Every year, we have a nine grade uh, state exam, 12th uh, grade state exam or university entrance exam. Yeah. The student of Asia Hope, of Asia Hope School, 95 of them always the pass. You know wow. the state Very exam strong. or yeah. university entrance exam. Yeah. And each school right now we open uh, music class mm-hmm. and computer classes yes. Yes. for our orphan children. And uh, I heard some government officials around Asia Hope Campus they say that, oh, the, the orphan children that rescue by Uh, Asia hope in Cambodia they are very lucky you know Mm -hmm. and they have good school they have more than that you know good mom good dad good school good place to live and uh, more than that they uh, know Jesus you know they will so jesus and um, become the world changer for cambodia
1: amen. amen and i know i know specifically i've seen firsthand not only these kids excelling in their academics which you know and normally for a poor child in cambodia an orphan abandoned child in the cambodia have a very low percentage of ever even graduating high school but now they're even going on to university which is really exciting but I do, I think, as what Nate was saying here earlier, that um, it's based on understanding their identity in Jesus Christ. And these home parents are doing this, as you were sharing, 24-7, seven days a week telling them about Jesus and helping them to root their lives in the foundation of who they are created in and understanding that they are a child of God. And I know of one uh, student that I I met about seven years ago. His name is Bunarat in uh, Prekang home number one. And uh, he grew up throughout Asia's Hope and now um, graduated and now is a government official in Cambodia. How do you view this as like a success of what Asia's Hope is doing?
2: Uh, Bonerot, he when he was eight years old, and his uh, dad, something, always fighting with his mom, and then uh, passed away. And he, his mom, very sick at that time, and cannot find job to do, so he's staying with his old uncle. Mm-hmm. And he heard about Asia Home and asked us to rescue uh, Bunurot. Uh, yes. And uh, he stayed with Asia Hope until he graduated from uh, university, yes. bachelor degree. Yes. He also passed the test to study uh, Royal uh, Administration School of the Government. Yes. Uh, people, the student that graduate from that school yes. will become the government official. Oh. So he uh, he's very smart. And he graduated from that school. Yeah. And right now, he's uh, an official of the Ministry of Interior uh, in Cambodia. Wow. He always share about Jesus to his co-worker, wow. you know, to his friend. Yeah. Sometimes we have uh, uh, worship at at yeah. our worship center. Yeah. He always invited his friend to come and we share gospel with him. Amen. So he right now become, uh, bring the light and the salt to the people Amen. whom he will meet. Yeah. So I praise God for your prayer and financial support for him.
1: Yeah, yeah, I do want to say thank you. Thank you for all of you who are supporting the work of Asia's Hope. It truly is like helping students like Bunarat be the salt and light to bring the hope of Jesus because they've been changed. And I know I've spoken to some of these children personally, and they tell me one of the, the things that they are so thankful for, one, they have a safe place to live. And two, that they they know the hope of Jesus. They can carry on because they have God that is with them, that will never leave them or forsake them. And they get that foundational teaching from what you are doing and all of the home parents are doing with Asia's Hope Cambodia. Savorne, so, what is your overall hope and prayer for the kids at Asia's Hope Cambodia?
2: Oh, my hope and my vision, I want to help rescue orphan children in Cambodia, up to 1,000 orphan children. Amen. But right now, we almost uh, have uh, half
0: halfway, halfway. <laughs> and,
2: uh, <laughs> and my dream, because these children, you know, from my life, I'm serving uh, Jesus Christ as the way of my life. Amen. So I want to see these children. Uh, will become the world changer for Cambodia. Yes. And uh, we will uh, take, train the children in the way of the Lord, in the Bible, yes. and uh, they will bring the light and the salt to Cambodia, and can help change Cambodia. Yes. So uh, please pray for my vision that I want to help uh, rescue up to 1,000 children in Cambodia. Yes. And also uh, pray for these children, you know, yes. because right now uh they they are blessed, you know, because of your prayer and financial support to live with a sexual home of Asia Hope in Cambodia. Yes. So pray that they really will become the world changer, yes. will bring the light and the soul to Cambodian uh, people. Because in Cambodia you cannot change uh, the people Cambodian people by using gun or weapon, but you have, change, you have to change them from inside out. Right. Have to bring the gospel of Jesus into the heart. Yeah. These children right now they started to do that to bring the light and the soul Amen. for Cambodian people. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Amen. Amen. Well, that's exciting. Well, we're. We're we're in a minute going to pray. We didn't have our normal prayer time that we normally do in the beginning of the service. We're going to do that and praying for Asia's Hope Cambodia and what Savorn has shared with us. But um, I want to encourage you uh, in this time of prayer. and, And before we do that, we're going to also show a video, a testimony of one of the kids that grew up in Asia's Hope of what God has done. But I want you to think about how you can give to uh, Asia's Hope. And uh, Savorne and his wife, Sony, and John McCullen will be um, actually in room 155, um, that you can meet them and learn more about Asia's Hope, and then learn how you could give uh, to Asia's Hope. We are encouraging our Chapel Church family to give directly to Asia's Hope to support this ongoing work of what God is doing in Cambodia, but before we go into prayer, would you watch this video?
3: Hello, my name is Vichika. I'm seventeen years old. I came to Asia Hope is uh, 2010. Before I live in my hometown, I don't have everything. My father and my mother died when I two years old see and see and he die, and so very not happy and I don't have money pay me for for study and for my clothes but now I come I came to Asia Hope I have everything I have God I have new mother and father I have new brother and sister I, so I have everything I have I have money to study, and I'm very, so very happy I have Jesus in my life. Jesus is Lamb of God. Jesus can change your life, everything. Jesus can give me everything. Jesus is my life. Uh, Jesus changed my life when I don't have everything. Now I have everything from God. God can help me all the time. Thank you Champa Chuck and Champa team come to play with me and thank you for you provide as you hope. Thank you so much
1: Amen, Amen. well I, I welcomed uh, sony uh, Savorn's wife and that uh, we can pray for them. So again, as I pray, would you also just go to the Lord and ask the Lord, how can you participate in this work and this mission of Asia's Hope Cambodia? And again, to give some practical things, if the Lord lays something on your heart, um, please come and meet them afterwards. Meet John afterwards in room 155 to learn about how you can give and support the work of Asia's Hope. But let's go to the Lord now in prayer. Oh God, thank you for what you are doing through Asia's Hope, and particularly in the work of Cambodia, how you have risen up this man and, and woman, Savorn and Sony and all of the Asia's Hope staff there in Cambodia. God, I pray that you would continue to empower them and strengthen them to proclaim all your good news, the gospel of Jesus into the lives of those who are suffering, who are abandoned, who are vulnerable, who are orphaned there in Cambodia. And I pray that You continue to provide for them and guide them to really raise up these children, to be uh, the light of you, Jesus, there into the nation of Cambodia. God, I thank you for what you are doing and seeing the, the great work of how it's carrying on and how there are many already that have graduated and now are entering into the workforces and the government officials and even raising up pastors and other ministers there for the church of Cambodia to be strong and that to see it to grow into a nation where Many don't know you yet, Jesus, and many need to see the light of you, and I pray that you would use them mightily to speak your love, your truth, to proclaim that you are the way, the truth, and the life, and that, God, that would bring about great change into that nation of Cambodia, that, Jesus, you would be lifted high. Use the campuses of Asia's Hope in Prekang and Battambang to be a light for you, Jesus, and that many would be drawn to that. Continue to empower as he equips those that are to do this work. Lead him and guide him and give him wisdom and all of Asia's hope to knowing what is best to continue on this work. And I pray for each of, even the schools too and the teachers in those schools. Lead them and guide them and help them to proclaim you Jesus and all that they are doing there. Lord, we just con- commit it to you and thank you for what you are doing. And we pray this all in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Pastor. Thank you, Savorne. Thank, you, thank, thank, thank you, you, Sony, for being here with us. I, I hope that you would come and see them in room 155. There'll be some light refreshments, too. And so we look forward to seeing you next Sunday. If you would like, there will be pastors up front for you uh, available if you would need any prayer. But thank you. Go in his grace. You're dismissed. Thank you. This has been a message from the chapel. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about the chapel or any of our campuses, including Akron, Green, Wadsworth, Kenmore, Cuyahoga Falls, Nordonia, and Medina, please go to our website at thechapel.life.